Right, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. The podcast about nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences, powered by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. I'm your host, as always, Matt Gardner, and I'm a registered nutritionist. I hope this finds you well, and I hope you get something valuable from the show. Right, today, my guest on the show is a chap called Oliver Whiteman. Oliver is the founder of Oden Nutrition. He's a performance nutritionist, an evidence-based practitioner, and he supports elite athletes. As usual on the show, I connected with Oliver through Instagram, and I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with him. Um, I believe he's back in Suffolk, where I grew up, and obviously his background's in sports nutrition, and he works with elite athletes, so I'm really looking into having a good conversation with him around uh, mindset, behaviour change with his clients. He took uh, a bit of a, I suppose, personal challenge on and ran quite a few marathons over consecutive days. So I'm looking forward to digging into that. So I'll stop banging on. Let's get into the conversation with Oliver Whiteman. Oliver, mate, welcome to the show. Cheers, thanks for having me. Mate, what's it like in Suffolk at the moment? Uh, it's actually glorious outside, to be fair. Um, not a bad place to be. You can get out and escape quite a lot. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty happy to be where I am. Obviously, it is dragging on a little bit, but hopefully things start to improve. Yeah, I know, mate. And everyone's obviously facing their own challenges and things. And, and, you know, we just don't know. We're kind of hearing in like two or three week blocks. But how things kind of change for you in the short term? Are you used to going out into the field? working with athletes face-to-face and teams or do you do you know quite a lot of your work remotely a uh, combination of both actually so the kind of working from home wasn't a new aspect for me um so lost that obviously quite quickly but that also yeah i was going out to a lot of clubs uh doing sort of seminars as well as sort of day-to-day general work within within, within the clubs um so that's obviously had to stop so you had to kind of rethink about our strategies and how we're going to almost use this uh, opportunity, I guess, to, to try and still develop the athletes from a nutritional point of view. So we've done quite a lot of cooking, um, uh, kind of, let's say, workshops. We're trying to encourage them to get into the kitchen, particularly the younger athletes who, yeah, potentially don't have any cooking skills at all, uh, setting the challenges of, even if they could just make a really simple breakfast and kind of show that, uh, make it a bit competitive for them, um, try and give them almost like a point system depending on who presents the best food so although it is yeah it's not a nice situation to be in we've, we've worked ways around it i guess and i mean webinars and technology are brilliant so you can still get loads of information out there um maybe targeting kind of different populations as well so not just looking at the athlete but who's in their surrounding who can we also offer support to if the athletes are yeah they're going to be struggling because they're not going to be doing loads obviously trying to keep as fit as possible but the rest of the time it's, it's quite difficult they get thrown a lot of messages and Nutrition is not going to be top of their priority list at the moment, but it might other, as I say, other people might be supporting them. It could be a good time to to reach out to them as well. Hey, definitely, and you know, at the end of the day, most people are having to cook from scratch three meals a day now because we're all locked down. Um, and you know, I grew up obviously just down the road from you, cooking and stuff with my mum and things like that. Like, how, what was your food journey like? Obviously, you know, I I kind of class myself as a scratch cook. I have a bit of a joke online, big feed up, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> big flavor but you know i'm not going to win any presentation awards um i think you know it'd be good to hear a bit about your background and obviously we'll touch on how you became a performance nutritionist but if we just focus on the food you know when did you start getting in the kitchen 
Sure. Um, probably, yeah, a lot later, actually. I mean, I was never a huge foodie when I was younger. I still remember making soup noodles and football training when I was sort of, I don't know, 12, 13. Um, and then I guess probably university was the major step and obviously cooking yourself there. I started to get into it um, and just enjoy cooking. And then kind of as I went through my undergrad and postgrad, everything kind of went from it. And now I just I use it as time to kind of switch off. But I like a bit of recipe development and obviously if you can create something for your clients or, or a club that you're at which is perfect and you enjoy it at the same time and then you're kind of combining something that you enjoy and something for work as well so it kind of ticks a lot of boxes mate 100 and obviously i'll put everything in the show notes lovely people but you've got a section to your website with some recipes and things in there so people can obviously check out some of your eats can't they yeah i'll definitely say i'm not a chef but <laughs> I, I yeah i like cooking and i try to record some of them and make some fancy videos as well um but that's a new development recently <laughs> cool man yeah well i'm the same you know i was like before we started with the pod i was putting together what was it like an omelette simple omelette recipe simple diy salad recipe um for a for a kind of uh, like cyclist off the bike kind of cyclist group on facebook and it is just simple stuff and thinking how can you put something together that someone can make easily tastes okay and then also some of the recipes I do, it's things that I'm eating all the time as well. Because I, I went through things in the past by trying to come up with elaborate stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know, would I actually eat this? I'm quite similar to, you know, some of, some of these active clients that, that, that I help or that I send information to. And I think, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking it. Uh, well, absolutely. I think that goes for nutrition. Like, in general, it's, it's always overcomplicated. And the simpler you can make it, the better it is. And we always, particularly as nutritionists, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, we try and find something that's genius and, and new and creative, but sometimes just recommending an omelette for breakfast, sometimes people just go, oh, that's a brilliant idea. And it's like some, someone hadn't thought that for so long. Um, and it's amazing when you get that response. From us. So sometimes it is just those simple wins. Mate, 100%. And I've been getting on more performance nutritionists and delving a bit deeper into things from like uh, fueling for function and all that kind of stuff on the athlete side. And people really appreciate hearing about um, some of my guest journeys and things like that, because obviously more people are studying nutrition. Um, everyone obviously eats, so everyone thinks they're an expert and things like that, too. But, um, you know, obviously you, you, you committed to this as, as a job, you know, you're doing it for a living. So it'd be cool to kind of hear how you got into things and then how you started with teams and, and how you work through general pop and, and all of that, really. Sure. Um, yeah, so we'll go back to... I completed my bachelor's at uh, Leeds Beckett University in sports science, um, which I, I, I quite enjoyed. The more I got stuck into it as we went along, the more, yeah, as I say, I enjoyed it. Um, but I was, I mean, I was one of 400 people, I think, on my course. Um, so at that point, I thought, well, how am I ever going to get a job in sports science? How am I ever going to stand out from all these people? Um, and over time, I had developed an interest for nutrition, and that kind of happened in the last year. So I said, I'm just going to almost stick around another year just to make my qualifications look better but also because yeah i was kind of unsure about what i was going to do as kind of a lot of us are um so i stayed on at least beckett and, and did a, a master's in sport and exercise nutrition which was absolutely brilliant actually again the, the more i kind of got into research and um everything surrounding research i really enjoyed it um and kind of went from there really so that that master's accredited with the sport and exercise nutrition register so i could apply for that straight away but like most people straight out of university I really struggled with finding any jobs or even getting an interview or any experience or anything um, and I wouldn't say I was, I was the most proactive when I was at university I probably should have been more proactive at getting experience but I had some experience under my belt 
Um, but anyway, so I decided to kind of open my, uh, my, my options a little bit and go into kind of yeah, public health a bit. And so I managed to get a role at Knuckle Health as a um, exercise, uh, what was it? Health and wellbeing physiologist, um, is what they were termed. Um, so I had to move down to St. Albans um, and I was there for about a year. And it, it was a really, really good uh, learning experience. You, you practice so many skills. So things like phlebotomy, which um, I never would have been able to do anywhere else. Um, and it's amazing, obviously, kind of looking at lipid profiles and, um, and obviously just working with people and humans. And you got that contact straight away. You got thrown into these consultations with people. You were trying to obviously encourage them to think about their health and well-being. And I was only, well, yeah, six months out of the Masters and I didn't, hadn't really had that experience at all. So, uh, yeah, it was, I was quite grateful and quite lucky in that opened my eyes up to a lot about, um, yeah, human behaviour, how you can get the most out of individuals and creating effective action plans and how they can actually, yeah, make these changes rather than just obviously educating them or just trying to tell them what they need to be doing. Uh, and particularly with the populations that were there, that was, that was quite a challenge. Um, so, yeah, at Northwood Health, I thought, uh, although it was really enjoyable, um, it was quite a lot of travelling, and um, I, I had all this nutrition knowledge, and I just thought I, I need to make the most of that. Um, so I basically started out with just an Instagram profile and wanted to just get my, my knowledge out there and try and help people. Um, and it's kind of grown from there, really. And a couple of months into the Instagram, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for this if there's ever an opportunity when I haven't got too much hold me back. Um, I was lucky enough to just move back in with my parents um, and they supported me. And then since then, it's just been a case of kind of developing, yeah, my, my own brand, um, getting myself out there in the region. So, I mean, it's a, a blessing and a curse. East Anglia doesn't have many big clubs or, or opportunities, but when they do come up, I like to think that I'm kind of in a good position to, to be there for them. Um, so, yeah, trying to get as much um, experience as I can. And then over the next couple of years, I, I dabbled in those things from swimming to, to rowing. Um, I kind of got involved with a lot of universities, actually did some lecturing as well. Um, and yeah, just kind of anything, anyone that would have me, just doing a seminar here and there, as well as picking up private clients. Um, and in the last year or so, I've kind of gone a bit step further now. And now I'm working at well, a professional football club at Ipswich Town um, and working with professional jockeys in Newmarket as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of grown quite nicely over the last couple of years. So, yeah, obviously you got that grounding in working at Nuffield and things. And, you know, they do a myriad of tests there. And obviously you kind of get used to having to fly through blood testing, loads of other kind of body compositional tests. And then also, like you said, their coaching clients and things. So even though it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do, you know, they, they do they do train you um to a certain extent and then like you said you're just you're just working with people all day every day and I know it's knackering because I work with quite a few other physiologists <laughs> um but then yeah you, you know obviously you pick up the, those skills and 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 you see trends and and then obviously um you know you wanted to move into the nutrition side and your Instagram is how I found out about you as well mate so it's cool like you said and I think if people are listening and they're kind of on the fence about doing things you know man by no means am I some kind of entrepreneur but it just shows that you know you can go out and do these things and it's pretty cool that, that that's how you started and and you've just been slowly accumulating more and more work and obviously building yourself as a practitioner and moving around to different sports and learning and growing and you know hopefully like you said kind of making a bit of a name for yourself in the region 
Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and networking as well. So you just meet so many people. Yeah. Um, and as I say, like when I was at Nuffield, I was still applying for roles in nutrition, but I wasn't getting anything anywhere because I wasn't getting any experience. So yeah, I said, well, I need to go out there and get the experience. And if I hadn't have made that leap to become self-employed, I never would have been so proactive in contacting people and networking and trying to get these opportunities. So yeah, if I hadn't done that, I potentially probably wouldn't be where I am at the moment. 100%. And in terms of some of the behavior change, you know, mindset work and stuff like that with clients, um, how do you approach that? Obviously, it depends on the person, depends on the sport, the setting. Um, but it's good to kind of dig into these things because previous pods and most people listening to this, you know, they might have a good grounding in terms of nutrition for fueling, nutrition for weight loss, stuff like that. But obviously, um, it's like that kind of behavioral contract with someone isn't it when you enter into work with someone like yourself you can give them the the kind of tools and tactics and and the what but then you know the why is ultimately the main factor isn't it yeah absolutely and i mean um i'm by no means like an expert and i, I keep reading more and more about sort of psychology and, and um, behavior change and everything it's it's quite a difficult concept to get your head around but it's so important and when i first um, set out i was, I was about education and empowerment so education and, and teaching your clients and whoever you're working with the why is, is super important but actually what i've learned recently is that it's not everything so it's not the be all and end all and that you still need to think about yeah their lifestyle how can we give them basically as many prompts as possible uh, to make the right decision and i'm all about yeah how can we give you a little nudge uh, to, to promote the right behavior or uh, to make the right behavior more attractive and the, the, the less optimal behavior less attractive um, and sometimes it's just, it's really, really simple things. So actually, when I was thinking about this podcast, I remember a client I had, and um, she, she was just a weight loss client, but she wanted to, um, to go walking almost every day, but she was really struggling to complete that, that little task. Um, so we came up with an idea and a strategy to, that when she went out to go get milk, she'd only get a single pint uh, of milk, which she'll probably get through in a day. So she always had to go to shop every day. So she was always, always going out for a walk. Um, so it's like a really little small change of just going from buying a big uh, four pint to one pint of milk made that she could go out, get outside, get her exercise and well, yeah, help her help her health and her weight loss journey. Mm. Um, and things like that don't don't need to be complicated. Um, and it's the same over at work and it's, yeah, how can we use the environment to nudge people to make the right decisions? So again, uh, where are the foods in, in your house? Like in the fridge, can you rearrange it a little bit and bring the right options to the front? Um, same with the cupboards, maybe keeping the fruit bowl in, in clear sight and keeping it as full as possible as well. Um, that, they're probably the biggest things that I've learned, as, as well as just trying to um, understand the person's why. So when they're an athlete, obviously it's a, it's a lot easier. Their why is obviously want to be as, as best they can. Um, but with general population, understanding why they want to make those changes um, is really, really crucial. And if you break it down with them, then actually once they get that buy-in, then hopefully you just uh, can make those changes a lot, a lot quicker and a lot easier. Mm. and it's that personal touch isn't it and sometimes that's why people seek um nutrition advice professional nutrition advice one-on-one because you you go through everything you know even that initial questionnaire and things and and when clients are filling that out it gets them questioning their own environment and like you said it's not always going to be bells and whistles it's just someone taking the time to to listen to what they're doing their daily routines and then you can kind of fit things in basically um so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's su- you know there's such there's such simple um kind of examples but i think it's just important for people to hear um because you can obviously go through reams of all of these um 
you know, tables of different types of nutrients. And, and there's definitely a trend at the moment I'm seeing online, um, a lot of nutritionists and um, health coaches and whatever you want to call them kind of, uh, you know, doing these little videos on Instagram and stuff where they're, they're going through their kind of clients like my fitness pals, or they're entering all this food and it still looks quite complex for, you know, the average person to look at. So I think it's good to know that, um, you know, you bring things back to basics and obviously just work with the individual where they are. And then you kind of move things forward from there. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is a science. And my gosh, so when you get into the science of, of nutrition, it's very overwhelming. Actually, when you kind of get into all the metabolism and everything like that. But I, I kind of just go on the idea that um, yeah, we're all humans, and like it's the same with me. It's it's difficult to make change at times. So actually, yeah, being being human and showing empathy and and actually trying to get inside your kind of client's head and seeing it from their perspective is probably more important than just shoving loads of information and education down them hoping for the best yeah definitely mate and um more recently obviously before we started recording you mentioned a bit of performance nutrition work in racing and in jockeys um mm-hmm. i've i've kind of i came across a bit of that back in 2012 2013 when um, i sat in front of a chat called graham close and he took he took us through a lecture on nutrition and jockeys and it was just absolutely fascinating it's not something i've ever touched on on the pod i don't think so it'd be cool to understand a bit of that and, and get the listeners kind of stuck into that because you know it's it's seriously popular sport people bet um you know obviously that goes without saying but then we don't always think about the these people performing on the horses do we no not at all so yeah the, the sport's um amazing and obviously we we as a public see the horse racing the glitz and the glamour and it. it's amazing and it's, and it's a good day out as well um yeah, the jockeys and behind the scenes are tremendous athletes and they, they work super hard, super, super hard. They are up at the crack of dawn, sort of half five, riding out all morning. Um, and then they'll be going to races. They might even go to two venues in a day. They, they spend so much time in their cars just traveling to and from race courses. Um, and, and they're all self-employed as well. So, so basically, yeah, they, they need to be successful. They need to get these races. Um, to, to get, get the money in and obviously they've got a lot of weight weight limits and weight requirements um so there's loads and loads of challenges to jockeys and they're yeah very very difficult sport um and actually working with them has, has been amazing very very insightful um it's very interesting to see obviously how much a culture of a sport can have an impact um so obviously like making weight passes down from who's been successful in the past and whatever method they choose whether it be healthy or there are a lot of unhealthy and dangerous methods within um, with jockeys. Um, it will just pass down through the ranks. And actually, we've come in as like a nutrition team, and I'm, I'm, as I say, quite quite recently come into the team. They've been set up for a while, but they kind of just target that, and um, they, they don't necessarily like the change, and they they think we're just going to tell them obviously to eat kale and broccoli all day. But that's not the case. We we want them to enjoy the food, but we also want them to obviously manage their weight and look after their health um, as easily as possible um, and support their career as a jockey yeah and what kind of weight you know your average jockey even if it's if that's the right question to ask what kind of weight are some of some of the athletes that you're working with shooting for mate uh so really fluctuates but um generally sort of eight and a half stone is, is what you're looking at but it right. can drop down to um sort of yeah seven seven eleven seven twelve um it, it depends um basically on how long they've been been riding um and they have something called a claim um, but yeah, it can be can be low, and the thing is, they, they get told about forty eight hours before, so they could get told in two days time that oh, I need you to be eight stone one, um, and they're currently sitting at eight stone seven, 
Um, so they, yeah, they, they'll then go, oh, okay, so they'll eat nothing and drink nothing for two days. Um, they'll sit in a car with their, their heaters on full, wear about four layers and just sweat out. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's horrible um, and it's, it's difficult. The industry is, is tough and um, we're, we're there to try and support mostly, particularly from a health point of view, and, and make sure that they're trying to make the right decisions. Mm. Because there's, you know, the, the season, even if that's that's probably not the right term, but these athletes are competing a lot, aren't they? Considering, you know, you look at other sports that are maybe a third of a year or whatever. I know in terms of like uh, professional calendars and TV licenses and all these things these days, like everything seems to be extending, but they can race a hell of amount. I heard something like, isn't it close to 300 days a year or something they, they might be doing? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more actually. I, I don't know the precise number, but around basically yeah, 360 days of the year, so it's uh, it's relentless. And a lot of the good ones will obviously go abroad as well. Um, so when their flat season finishes, for example, they can go to Australia for, or Dubai. Um, so it's constant, yeah, constant. And if you think you always have to live with this this weight limit in, in your life, which is quite difficult. And then obviously if they do get a little bit of time off, they use that to relax. But we're obviously trying to promote them not relaxing too much and suddenly engaging in those bad behaviors again when they need to come back to making weight um so, so yeah super super difficult um really really difficult role mm. yeah it's interesting i mean i suppose you grow as a practitioner as well because it seems like because they're on the go there'll be a lot of conversations and coaching around you know what are you doing when you're traveling to and from the venues what are you doing between races um, you know, it's not your average person that's at home all the time with full cupboards and kind of, um, you know, trying to speak to them about just managing how much they're eating, you know, because it's, it's, there's loads of moving parts. It's interesting. And like you said, you've had to adapt quite quickly into that role. Yeah, um, absolutely right. And it kind of comes, comes back to that environment and that jockeys are generally in three or four places ever. Um, but if you can control them, make sure they've got the right options there, then it makes it a lot easier. So, I mean, a classic example was in, in the yards in the morning. They would generally have a lot of tea and biscuits um, flying around. But actually, if, if they're taking, like, for example, smoothies have been really successful, they can just sip on it throughout the morning. Obviously, you can get your protein in there quite quickly, um, get some carbs in there to fuel them for the morning as well. Um, yeah, really, really simple win. Um, instead of eating four or five biscuits, which obviously do very, very little for them, they can have something which can support them throughout the day and, and support their muscle growth at the same time. Um, but they, yeah, they just need a little bit of guidance there um, and, and a few ideas, and a lot of them are taken on board quite quickly. I mean, that's awesome, and again, it just comes back to these kind of simple, portable uh, examples, really. Like, you know, smoothies, especially this time of year as well, when the sun's out, like, it's cracking here at the moment. It makes you kind of want to get into those things again. The, the, the you know, you box it up as salads and things like that, and smoothies and foods that, you know, are kind of not lighter, but just feel a little bit better at this time of year um so obviously yeah. even though we're locked down and it's you know it's it goes without saying it's it's uncertain it's difficult for everyone um you know the type of food and the kind of thing that we're fancying is changing a bit as well because um of the weather so yeah and you have to think about that as a practitioner too yeah yeah um definitely well always the individual's needs and um what, what they prefer as well so you can obviously get very fussy clients um you kind of work around that but no, definitely, with particularly more berries and stuff coming, hopefully coming into season soon, um, would be lovely. And definitely helps health. And mate, if we can dovetail a little bit into some of your own training and experiences, um, another thing I picked up on your website and things uh, around some of your running, it'd be really interesting yeah. to know, you know, what 
what made you uh, want to do this like five marathons in five days? Is that sounds big? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm, I'm not a runner at all, actually. That um, I think I completed all my running in those five days, really. Um, I still dabble in it, but I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a runner. Basically, what happened is that um, our hockey club at the university, we, we love doing a charity event. and we For two years before that, we did three peaks. Um, and then the year after that, we did cycling from Leeds to Paris. Um, and then in our last year, we just were like, right, what can we do to top all these? And yeah, we started to do five marathons in five days. Um, and it was the same route every day as well. So it was mind-numbingly boring. Um, it was long a cow in Leeds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say you obviously said uh, what kind of what you're fueling in recovery strategies. And actually, that was kind of before I really kicked off with nutrition. So it was really basic, if anything. And nutrition didn't play a huge role there in that um, I was just kind of eating anything and everything, as was everyone, to try and offset the, the calorie expenditure that we were going through. Um, we obviously had kind of protein shakes straight away. And I mean, this was by no means professional setup. So we had to get a minibus down to the canal every day. And we all kind of stacked into one student house in the morning and kind of strapped ourselves up for ages and got the DP out. So thinking back at it, it was absolutely ridiculous. But we, we kind of got through it just because we were a unit and we were a team and we made this commitment and raised a fair bit of money. So we felt like we had to do it. But I mean, it was, it was brutal. Um, but it is quite a cool thing to say I did, I guess. Um, and I've still got the vests to show for it, which I still bring out every now and again. <laughs> and mate, it's one of those things where you get into a bit of a you know, you get into a bit of a state that's hard to describe. I don't want to go down the kind of like meditative, like flow state kind of thing, because again, I don't really know what that is, but um, it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? I've never done multiple day uh, races or runs or events, but I've ran kind of like half days. Uh, most recent one I did in Jan was on a canal as well, actually in um, from kind of a place called Wendover, like back into London. Um, and if no if if no one listening to this has um you know ran for more than a few hours before they might think it's it's impossible but you you do get into things don't you in a weird way absolutely well, yeah you'd be amazed it's i guess it's that classic saying mind over matter a little bit isn't it and what once you do get going sometimes it is yeah surprisingly easy i mean we weren't going quick but we had to support each other um and we had a focus and a, and a goal that we wanted to achieve and we were just determined to do it, but yeah, you are you are right, and actually, be amazed how far you can go or how far you can push yourself if if you have that kind of mental strength to, to push yourself a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that you've got that in on you know in your belt, and um, you know you kind of come out unscathed. Or hopefully, you did. I don't know if you had any kind of like serious blisters or like bad chafing or something like that but <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that going around yeah but is it it must be you know i know it's not the first thing you bring up and um you know because obviously when you work with people um teams and things like that it's it's all about what they need but then you know as as a practitioner i, I often get asked because it's just it's what people do isn't it you know what do you eat uh what have you done in the past in terms of your training uh are you doing any races or any charity stuff this year so it's i think i think it's good that you've done some of these things and then you've got in there because some of these people that are performing you know they might be able to relate to that because you've worked hard yourself in the past yeah maybe it's something i should make them more known about to be fair um but but yeah you're right and actually kind of going back to your point you said obviously people expect us to obviously eat very very healthy all the time and that can come with a lot of pressure and a lot, quite a bit of judgment as well. But at the end of the day, we all, we all love food and enjoy food. Um, so we, we cash in on that, really. Um, and I'm not an elite athlete, um, 
but I, I do enjoy getting outside and sort of using some of these strategies but by no means are we yeah it's not our job we haven't exactly got that buy-in to, to mm. really be exactly the same as athletes but um we kind of find a nice middle ground i think mate 100 percent. i'm always um you know do as i say not as i do because i think if people see <laughs> the foods and things that I eat similar to you, I'm pretty active in this time of year trying to get outside and stuff like that too. You know, my nutrition will be um, quite different to what people think, especially in the evenings, you know, skew a lot of my food to the evenings and things, but it is what it is. And then, you know, I spend the day job working with other people and, and that's, you know, I, I like that mix and it's a good disconnect to be able to, like I use Instagram more for a bit of fun, posting what I'm eating um, messing around outside the dogs and, and, and running and stuff like that too because it just helps after a day of as you know um, because you did time in Nuffield and things when you work in some of these medical centres and stuff like that it's, it's formal and obviously you know it needs to be but you end up going into a lot of depth with people all day about their, their diets and their nutrition so you need to kind of find that balance with yourself and it took time it took it's taken most of my 20s to get used to that really um, but I'm, I think I'm getting there, and it sounds like you are as well. Yeah, yeah, it takes takes a lot of time. Um, as you say, it was quite eye opener at Melbourne Health when you see yeah extremely successful individuals, but they were super stressed. Um, their health was really poor, bloods were really poor, um, and yeah, you, it does go quite deep sometimes. And as I say, first job out of university to to have to cope with that it was was interesting. It was eye opening, but um, I learned a lot from it. Mm. Mate, awesome. Look, it's really good to get some of your time. And I've obviously, um, you know, I'm from the, obviously the area that, that, that you are too. And I have a few listeners and things that, um, you know, use CrossFit gyms, um, people that generally exercising into their nutrition, all that kind of stuff. So it'd be great to, um, you know, know if you're taking on any clients at the moment or if how people can kind of contact you. I'll leave obviously everything in the show notes for exactly what people need. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, my website's got most things on it, I think. Um, I did that a little while ago, but I think it's still pretty good. Um, otherwise, yeah, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Um, so I believe that's at OWNutrition underscore UK. Um, they're, they're the best ways. Um, you can always kind of uh, book in for sort of almost like a discovery call and um, have a quick chat with me if you're unsure about anything, if you yeah, want to know how, how I work with individuals. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from, from anyone and everyone and yeah, particularly if like CrossFit gyms would ever want a seminar, that'd be great in the region. Um, just get to know people really. Decent mate. Um, and one of the things I've been asking in this lockdown and stuff with some of my guests more recently, um, we touched on it earlier, obviously you're getting in the kitchen and things. What, what have you been cooking up mate for yourself? Have you been exploring, uh, new bakes or, uh, I don't know, just doing doing some things in the kitchen that you wouldn't usually do? Like, what, what have you been producing and smashing down? Um, to be fair, we, yeah, we've been getting through a lot of food. As you said, we've been eating three meals a day at home. It's amazing how quickly this fridge uh, depletes. But um, I've, I wouldn't say I've been targeting necessarily any type of recipes, but I've been, as I say, been filming them and getting into some video editing software on my iPads, trying to get the hang of that. Um, but otherwise, it's just your general recipes a lot of jacket potatoes recently actually just because they're very easy and nice <laughs> yeah. But yeah nothing complicated nothing exciting really solid mate no i'm up for that i'll do a big yeah beans beans on toast for me once a week absolutely staple oh cool <laughs> solid all right lovely people look everything you need will be in the show notes and um as always look thanks for listening and uh hopefully you stay well um maintain social distance and and uh, look after yourselves at home and we'll speak to you soon as always you can get 10 percent off uh, your first order with 33 fuel by using mat 10 the power and help the show 
Thanks to those guys and speak soon. Have a healthy week.